This is the Fair Mormon Podcast. We are a group of dedicated volunteers who earnestly strive to defend the gospel of Jesus Christ and His Church. Our mission is to offer kind, patient, and sincere answers to issues regarding faith, church history, and understanding of gospel principles. Fair Mormon, the sponsor of this work, holds an annual conference with speakers from many professional backgrounds regarding these topics. This year's conference is located in Orem, Utah, on the 7th and the 8th of August. Tickets can be purchased on our main website at fairmormon.org. We would welcome your attendance. Thanks for listening. And now, Martin Tanner. Restoring the ancient church is a theme that any Latter-day Saint who's been a member of the church for any length of time would understand. And yet, if you go out to the bookstore somewhere, um, there are not a lot of books on this topic. You, You and I were discussing that earlier. Did that play into your decision to write your book? Well, uh, yes, I had, uh, I was a big fan of, of Hugh Nibley, for instance, and he had written, he, he actually wrote a book called Mormonism and Early Christianity. And so, um, I had read that, but if anybody, if any of you have read Hugh Nibley, you know that, uh, he writes at a very high level and I just wasn't I mean, I could follow some of it, and I found it very interesting, but I always felt like he had all these documents and and ancient writers at his disposal that uh, I didn't really know the full story behind them. So uh, what I was trying to do when I wrote this book was write it for somebody who was like I was, who was really interested in the topic of early Christianity and how it relates to Mormonism. Um, but who doesn't have an extensive back- background. So I tried to write it at a, a fairly rigorous level, but, uh, for instance, I have an appendix in there with uh, some explanations of the major early Christian documents and writers that come up and so that somebody could follow along, maybe look in the appendix if they can't remember what a certain write- who a certain writer was and so on. Which is a very cool thing, because to read uh, Barry Bickmore's book, you do not have to know Latin, Greek, uh, <laughs> or, or any other of the five or six other ancient languages that that uh, that Nibley was, was fond of citing from. And so, to me, I, I thought this was such a fascinating book. And, and before we um, were on the air today, we talked a little bit about how you thought... And I thought this was a great point, and I'd like you to, to, to make it again here on the air. Latter-day Saints really ought to look in t- to their belief system as compared with the beliefs of early Christians more than they really do, because it's a strong position to take, and it's a very faith-promoting process. Yeah, and specifically, I was talking about early Jewish Christians, because... Um, early Christianity, frankly, was kind of a mess. And I mean, if you start reading any history books about that period, it's clear there are a lot of different groups competing and 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 uh, going in a bunch of different directions. And by a mess, you just mean that there were a lot of people going in a lot of different directions and a lot of yeah. different beliefs very, very early on, which is which is something that a lot of people don't don't quite get. They think that oh, there was this. You know, homogenous, you know, single belief system very early on, and then later on there was this apostasy. It wasn't quite like that. 
Yeah. But but a lot of the different directions they took were related to cultural influences. Like uh, in the Greek world, it was Greek philosophy ended up influencing Christian theology quite a lot. And uh, uh, there were also the Gnostic teachers that were influenced by all kinds of things. But um, the the original Christian groups in the New Testaments in the New Testament period, for instance, were almost all Jews. I mean, even Paul, who was going out to the Gentiles, he would go and first and preach in the in the synagogue wherever he went, and would reach not only the Jews there but also the the Gentiles who were um, sort of associated with the synagogue, the the God fearers, as they were called. And so. The whole point of, of what you're trying to do for Latter-day Saints, kind of give them an overview of um, the point that you hope they will get out of the book. And then we'll talk about some details, because I, I think this is important to, um, important to make here. So what I was trying to do with the book mainly was to just survey all of our major doctrines and practices and go back into the early uh, Christian documents and find out if Number one, if I could find anything like that back there, and but also give some context, uh, because uh, just throwing out parallels with no context, uh, um, that's I think less convincing to me. So, so I think the more context I can give, and the more um, I can uh, help people understand all these different directions the Christians were being pulled and where they eventually ended up, um, the more I've fulfilled my original purpose. But but the book covers pretty much everything that uh, Latter Day Saints, all the major doctrines, all the practice. major doctrines, and and that's the point I wanted to get to. And so as you surveyed all the major doctrines that Latter Day Saints believe in, um, God, twenty percent, forty percent, sixty percent. What's the percentage of our beliefs that you think we could, or, or you know, don't throw a percentage on it, but do you think that you can find a really strong parallel to um, or identical, really close belief in in early Christianity? Well, um, if I had to give numbers, I'd say maybe 75% really strong and most of the rest at least uh, moderately uh, well I mean, moderately strong. I I, I, so. I love the way you said that because occasionally you will hear somebody say that if you could really go back to, to the beginnings of, of Christianity, it'd just be like a bunch of Latter-day Saints in, in uh, Sunday school. And it wasn't quite like that. And yet the basic doctrines really are there. And, and it oh, seems yeah. to me that that's what you found in what you say in your book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say that exactly. Um, so, so for instance, uh, if you just take the things that uh, nowadays make Latter-day Saints weird in the Christian scene, <laughs> I mean, the things that other people look at us and say, who believes that? Um, the, the, a very large percentage of those you can trace not only back to the first few centuries, but to the Jewish Christian groups. Um, which, like I said, uh, are some of the most primitive Christian groups that weren't as affected by as many cultural influences. Primitive as in earliest. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. We're speaking with uh, author and BYU professor Barry Bickmore about his book, Restoring the Ancient Church. When we get to the other side of our break here, we're going to talk a little bit about his book, which you can f- get a copy of on Amazon.com, in finer LDS bookstores everywhere, as they say, and on the Internet at fairmormon.org and a number of other different places. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the contents of the book, Restoring the Ancient Church, and talk a little bit more with the author, who I'm thrilled is here in the studio with us. I'm Martin Tanner. This is Religion Today. Join us on the other side of the break with more from author Barry Bickmore. Religion Today with Martin Tanner continues on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back. I'm Martin Tanner. This is Religion Today. In studio with me, Craig Foster, who works at the Family History Library and has been there for 22 plus years. Today we're talking about his new book, the second in a series of three that deals with the subject of. Mormon polygamy. The first one deals with during Joseph Smith's lifetime. The one that's out now, the title is The Persistence of Polygamy from Joseph Smith's Martyrdom to the First Manifesto, 1844 to 1890. It's a great book. It has some fascinating information in it. Uh, The third volume yet to come is going to talk about polygamy, the unauthorized variety from 1890 to the present. Um, before we get on with the, the interview, two little housekeeping things here. If you have a question or comment uh, for me about any subject, send me an email. Send it to martinstanner at gmail.com. I'm happy to get critical or questioning emails of any sort, so be happy to hear from you. If you are interested in a copy of... Craig Foster and Noel Bringhurst's wonderful book that we're discussing today. Craig, um, how can someone get a copy? Well, the, probably the easiest way is to uh, either go to onto uh, the internet with Amazon.com or to go down to uh, Benchmark Books, uh, which is in the Salt Lake Valley. If you are in uh, Utah County, uh, the the book is at BYU Bookstore. And also Pioneer Books. In fact, uh, we are going to have uh, Newell Bringhurst is going to be uh, here in Utah next month. And we're going to have a book signing at BYU Bookstore and Pioneer Books on the 6th, Thursday the 6th. And on Wednesday the 5th at Benchmark Books, uh, Newell and I will both uh, uh, will be signing books and we'll also talk about our experiences in um in researching and, and writing and getting other uh, great scholars to to write uh, these essays. So if you go on to Amazon.com's website and type in Craig Foster and the persistence of polygamy from Joseph Smith's martyrdom to the First Manifesto, it'll pop up. You can get yourself a copy. Otherwise, find Benchmark Books. Great guy. Kurt Bench, great guy. Known him for... Absolutely. Long, long time. Yep. Um, so when, t- tell our audience again when you're going to be at Benchmark Books. On Wednesday evening, the 5th of March, uh, we will, 
uh, arrive at about 5.30. We will uh, give our presentation starting at 6 and uh, then continue signing books uh, after that. And uh, we're, we're really looking forward to it. It's always a fun group of people that are at Benchmark Books. It is kind of an eclectic group with some very thoughtful people, and that's a fun bookstore. He he has some amazing, uh, amazing things He there, does. So. But, of course, the first one they ought to look at is this book, of course. That's of course, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> um, again, the title, The Persistence of Polygamy from Joseph Smith's Martyrdom to the First Manifesto, 1844 to 1890. The author is Craig Foster, along with Newell Bringhurst. Craig Foster is in studio with me today. We had just barely scratched the surface when we had our break, Craig, about the contents of this book. Why don't we pick a few of, of the essays that you like in, in here particularly? Um, I, I, you know, I'm sure you like them all or they wouldn't be, be in here at all, but pick some that might be of special interest to our listening audience and sure. maybe give... Uh, Give a little bit of a, a teaser about what they would find if, if okay. people were to look in them. All right. Um, one of the essays is by Jeffrey O. Johnson. It's titled, For Time and All Eternity, The Complex Brigham Young Polygamous Household. And, and Jeff Johnson is considered, uh, if not the expert, certainly one of the experts on Brigham Young's uh, family. And in that, he talks about what life was like within the Brigham Young household. And... Uh, an, another one that um, that I like, uh, I guess because I, I wrote that, um, is titled "Where um, The Wives of the Prophets, the Plural Wives of Brigham Young to Heber J. Grant. And this covers the presidents of the church who were polygamists during their lifetime. Now, Heber J. Grant, by the time he became president of the church, uh, he he was married to three women altogether, and two of his wives had died by that point, so he was monogamous uh, when he became president of the church. But earlier, he had been a polygamist, and, um, and of course, Brigham Young is famous for, uh, for that. Um, I used, I guess you could say, my genealogy background, and so I, I looked at uh, uh, all of the wives and the children of these uh, presidents of the church and uh, brought out uh, various uh, demographic information, but also some anecdotal information. And, and uh, it, uh, it it was a fun experience learning about, uh, you know, Brigham Young, for example, he comes across as kind of gruff and everything. Uh, uh, the guy was the guy was a big pushover when it came to his kids. <laughs> he loved his kids. Uh, that so. that is so true. If if you read some of the uh, letters, the correspondence between Brigham Young and some of his children, right. he, they, they will just touch your heart. He, he absolutely. Was, he was a kind, dear, loving father, and you can see that he had a, a great influence on them. One of my um, Prize possessions is a, a photograph, um, I, and I don't remember the exact date, but it has ten of Brigham Young's darling daughters who who are the big ten. <laughs> all of them are about the same age. I think yes. they're all about sixteen, and, yes. and they are just dressed to the nines, and they are just the cutest girls. It's just it's it's a darling picture, but you stop and think, well, wait a minute, these are like all. Sisters, you know, and it it could not happen today. But for that era, it's just an amazing uh, 
historical photo. I'm Absolutely. sure you're very familiar with it. I, I am. I, I love it. I'm like you. I, I love it. So um, other essays yes. in here. Uh, another essay that I think is uh, really quite interesting, and this is really cutting-edge um, uh, historical research, is uh, titled Nearly All the Factions, and it talks about other polygamists um, you know, there were various breakoffs from the LDS church and, um, a number of them, uh, practiced polygamy, if only for a short time. And so, uh, th- uh this is by, uh, Christopher Blythe, who's, uh, a young, um, uh, he's a graduate student. I think he actually just graduated now, but, um, uh, really great research. Another one that I think is really quite good is by Don Bradley and Brian C. Hales, and it talks about the two cousins, um, Joseph F. Smith, president, uh, well, at that time he was a counselor uh, in the LDS church, and his cousin, Joseph the third, who was the son of Joseph Smith Jr. And here they were, first cousins and, and had been, uh, boyhood, uh, playmates and everything. And it talks about how they, uh, they battled to control public memory of Joseph Smith the prophet. Uh, Joseph F. Smith saying, yes, he did have plural wives and Joseph the third saying, no, my dad did not have plural wives. And in the process of this, um, we are very grateful to a great degree that uh, Joseph the third was so adamant that his father didn't have plural wives because what they did was they went to these plural wives of, uh, of Joseph who were still alive and they, they asked them questions and they got affidavits uh, saying, yes, we were married to him. We wouldn't have that today if it wasn't for that. And then there's a really good one about, um, by, uh, Andrea Ratke Moss, um, polygamy and women's rights in the 19th century. And it talks about how the women were strong women and were pro civil rights and everything. And yet they were still polygamous wives. So there's a lot of fun essays in this book. That's that's great. Uh, the title of the book is The Persistence of Polygamy from Joseph Smith's Martyrdom to the First Manifesto, 1844-1890. The author is Craig Foster, who's in studio today. If you would like to get a copy, try Benchmark Books in Salt Lake City, BYU Bookstore, or Pioneer Books in Utah County. Amazon.com for everyone uh, who's not close by those locations. Craig, it's been a pleasure to have you in studio. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Martin Tanner. This is Religion Today. Join me each Sunday when we talk about religion and related things right here on KSL.